Guys, you know what I've really been loving and more so what I've not been loving? It's my big bulky blender. The thing is a pain in the butt to get out, find a cord, get all the components ready to go, and I hardly ever end up using it. But I've really been loving the Blendjet 2 portable blender. It makes things so easy and convenient. Because it's Blendjet 2 is portable, I can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. You know what? I have been using it for smoothies daily, and it's small enough to fit in your cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. I have one too, and the Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Well, that's great because I love a good charger, but best of all, the Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and we're good to go. What more can you want? Well, I can tell you what more you can want. You can pick all these beautiful, fun colors. I had a really hard time trying to pick mine and I almost went with the leopard, but I ended up with the beautiful lavender, which is so perfect for spring. It's like an accessory. I went with hot pink myself, but what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code BTMM12, made me 12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use your code BTMM12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Hi guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all of your favorite books from Book Talk or Bookstagram. Wherever you got books, we got them, we want to talk about them. Today we're back with the, I don't want to say final book because we know there's more, but the final book that has been released out in the popular SJM series, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and we're back with A Court of Silver Flames. So if you're just joining us, because we do have some new Akatar friends and lovers, and you're joining in on episode four, the fourth book, go back. We've got you covered for the previous episodes, and we've got a slew of other episodes you guys can go check out. You know, this is episode number 45, people. Ooh. What? 45. It's bonkers. Five more episodes till 50th. What? What? What will we do? I don't know. I don't know. No, really, I we don't know that. yet. I'm Caitlin. You know who I'm joined with. But it's Hilda and Bridget. Hi. Now, we are going to say we're doing something a little different this time. We're shaking it up because we were looking at the show notes and we're like, wow, we have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this book. And, you know, what do they say? Know thyself. Yeah. And we again, we say it every time, but a lot of shit happens in this book. And so we're actually going to break up Silver Flames into two episodes. So you'll get the first half in this episode, episode 45, and then you can catch us in the next episode for episode 46. Instead of waiting two weeks for episodes, you'll get them back to back. And that'll be exciting for you and us because, again, we got lots of thoughts and feelings. The show notes are – there's a lot. Hilda has page notes, page numbers for us to go back to. I do. So Hilda, quickly break down for us what we're going to cover that first episode and then what we're going to cover the second one. So first one is going to be – Our initial thoughts and feelings because, you know, we have them. And then we're going to do our five-minute recap or attempt to do the five-minute recap. You know, at this point, five-minute recap, asterisk, 
15, 20, 35, however long. Um, and then we're going to go through the first, I don't know, maybe eh, one third, half of the book. Um, but I'm just going to, we're going to stop at Kelpie. So now you and know. Then, now you yeah. know. Now you're with us. Now you we can set the tone for what we're talking about. But before, real quickly, before we get started, we just wanted to say and give love, as we always do, to all our friends that we meet and chat with us in our DMs. We got to chat with Sue S. from Instagram, who has got a really cool, like, full name. I don't want to say it because I don't want to blow up your spot, but you know who you are. And we made her laugh out loud last time when we said her BFF, the cereal, had just died. And I laughed reading that again because I forgot we said that. And I'm like, you know, that is funny. Or why not for our girl, the cereal, our girl, our man, our thing, whatever it is. Our creature. Our Our creature. Our Our friends. Our our best friend, the cereal. Our best friend. Cheers. Cheers. So I'll sip to my wine to that. I wish you guys could see the size of Bridget's wine glass. <laughs> it is to the brim. And I respect that. It is going to be a long episode. And, you know, we have a lot of shit to talk about. So we can't be getting up for refills. Right, right. I'm going to pretend like I'm not going to finish this in five minutes, but I will have a nice good buzz to talk shit about Nesta. So <laughs> let's go. I also <laughs> want to give a quick shout out to Vicky B. We love hearing from you as well. Thank you so much. And of course, you guys know where to find us. You can always find us on BookTalkMamie underscore pod on Instagram. You you never know who you're going to get. Is it me? Is it Hilda? Is it Bridget? It's a magical all mystery. Us. All three of us. We usually are popping in sometimes. And we're like, ooh, this person's back. Let me go pop over to say hi. So we love hearing from you guys. Um, we also really love and deeply appreciate every time you guys go rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It makes our... It makes our day when we're able to see uh, these reviews that come through. Of course, we all screenshot it to each other because we still get excited about it. Um, and we and really we appreciate will never you guys. not be excited about it. I will never not be. I yeah. think if I ever met a fan in real life, like just got spotted on the street, not the spot, maybe where they would hear me, uh, I think I would just like straight up die. Like, I'd just would puddle. You know, I, I think one of our goals for like future state is that we should try to go to a book convention and then meet all of you guys. Oh, don't be so cool. Like we'll just roll up as a posse and we'll get you guys all matching shirts. Yeah. I'm here and you this. can find us because we'll probably have like 17 different alcoholic beverages with us. <laughs> so We'll just Valid. get a wagon <laughs> with Valid. a cooler in it. Few drinks for everyone. High noons all around. High noons for me and my ladies. Oh, and the um, this glasses straw, we'll be giving those out. Oh, yeah. I have my new one that the gang got me for my birthday <laughs> that I have to rip out. I think I'm going to save it for when we cover Crescent City. Ah. Uh, Which is coming up. Coming up next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just staring at Bridget to be like, have you started? Well, we're not going to get into that because we got a lot of other things to talk about. And we always give Bridget shit for Crescent City anyway. You won't be able to do that much longer. Not so much longer. Thank dial you. it up. I Thank you. Stay soon. You got time. I feel like that's taking away so much of my material. I'm gonna need something something new to bother you about oh it's okay I'm sure you'll find something all right Hilda do you want to take us through the five minute recap or are we starting thoughts and feelings where are we kicking Uh, off what are we feeling today guys let's start off with thoughts let's do thoughts Thoughts. and then we'll do five minute recap so just general thoughts about the book uh Bridge you can go first so well this is the second time I've read this book the first time It took me a full 10 days to read. You're like, okay, that's fine. That's normal. No, No. it took me 10 days to read books one through three plus a novella, maybe less than that, maybe probably like five days to read all of those. So the fact that it took me 10 days to just read this book was a red flag. I had a hard time. 
trying to transition from Feyre, Reese, Feyre, Reese, Feyre, Reese, and then boom, we go to the person that I hate the most, Nesta. What? You know what? what? That's fair because I didn't notice it so much the first read, and this is only my second reread, but going from all the, the previous books into this one, it it was a bit jarring <laughs> to like it, get into these characters again. And I think the novella, the way it was written, you finally get some POVs that aren't Reese and Feyre, so it was kind of like transitioning you a bit, but- Damn, I was not expecting it. And then it didn't really help that we just all found Nesta extremely annoying. Mm-hmm. The first like 25% of this book, I just wanted to like throw her off out of the window and call it a day. But straight to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Um, also felt like this was a little bit of a ripoff for A Court of Mist and Fury. Mm-hmm. Because it had a lot of the same formula that... Now that I know SJM, I know this is one of her classic formulas where it's like, here's your trials or tests that you need to complete. We're working on self-love and self-development and training. And we're going to like throw in some love here and there. And then boom, you're going to be made. And then boom, it's happily ever after. And you're just like, I read the story already. Thank you, ma'am. So those are my thoughts. Those are my feelings. No, you also have a very controversial feeling or maybe slightly controversial feeling. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it about Cassian? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I didn't think this was con- I thought this was just fact. Like, does Cassian deserve Nesta? No. no. I'm with you. No. Does That's Nesta sl- deserve Cassian? Fuck no. Hell no. This man deserves the world. He is mm-hmm. literally like marry me material. I will marry him in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. fuck him in a heartbeat, live mm-hmm. with him in a heartbeat. Nesta deserves. I don't know what the fuck Nesta deserves, but she does not deserve Cassian. Cassian could do so much better. So much better. You know? He needs to marry up. He's marrying down with that one. You know where maybe, well, uh, okay. Anyway, here's what was going in my head just now. Maybe Nesta deserved Asriel because they're both a little cold-hearted. Like, But I think you need Cassian's warmth to thaw Nesta's iciness. You definitely definitely do. But I still think he's overall too good for her. Sweet man. If if you knew... He's if you sweet. haven't read the other books and you just decided to start with the Nesta book, you get to know Cassian so much as a character when you read the um, Feyre POVs and he was so nurturing towards her as a friend. Mm-hmm. And he was always looking out for her. He would literally like fight Reese over things he was doing when it comes to Feyre because that's the type of person he is. Heart of gold. That man. Number one. Number one. I, uh, number two, I think, on my white shoes. Number one is always made Daddy Reese. He's not even on my white shoes, and I feel very I passionate about. I think he's my number two. Cassian's on there. That moral of the story, he's on there. I feel like after I rewrite it, I should reevaluate this. That's fair, Hilda. You want to get into your thoughts? Um, sure. Um, so before this book, I really did not like Nesta. Um, and I was not excited about having to read a book about Nesta. But this is actually my favorite book in the Akatar. What? For some really? That is out. Mm-hmm. Is it because of the spice? My favorite. It's because it of could spice. be the spice, but also I love Cassian. He's my man. As I put in my notes, hubba hubba. I love him. <laughs> He's number two on my list. So I get that. So I think potentially that's why it's my favorite. But I do. I appreciate Nesta's self-loathing and her arc. I really appreciated that part of the story. I don't know if I like her that much like she's not on my list of top 10 heroines but i appreciate she's not my girl gang her i have story. to agree exactly i have to agree and this book ruined crescent city for me 
because I expected SJM to have this level of spice in all of her books. But now that I'm in the middle of my Crescent City reread, I appreciate Crescent City more because I know, like, I know what I'm getting into. You know, you're not constantly wanting it now. Yeah, like, where's where's spice? Where's banging? Yeah. I'm going to have a hard time reading Crescent <laughs> <No>. City. <laughs> No, you're not. It's not making it easier for you. It's good. It's it's so good. You need to read Crescent City and think about think about the patterns, as the Autumn King would say. Look for the patterns. Autumn King? What? Spoiler? She's not there yet. I read the first line, (laughs) ma'am. Jesus. Okay. I have cracked open the Kindle, read the first line over and over again. This is my third attempt reading this book. Skip that page. Skip the page, move on. You'll be fine. You'll figure it out. All right. So let's get into my thoughts because we got a lot more to talk about. So I liked in this book that we got a lot more lore and background about the world. We learned about the monsters. We learned about the prison. Before, it was very like tactical mission, save this. Tactical mission, do something here. And we got a little bit more of the mystery, more about the cauldron, Vasa, just more world building, mm-hmm. which I kind of liked. The first time I read this, and again, the second time, it made me want to trade. I'm like, I need to be a badass Illyrian war- warlord. I'd be a warlord. Or <laughs> Valkyrie. Valkyrie. There we go. Valkyrie. Because I don't have wings, obviously. A badass Valkyrie. And do I have a real world application to use a sword? No. But damn it, I really want to know. I want to know how to use it. And I feel like this could be a transferable skill just to have. You know, chopping and- people up should always be a transferable skill. I just want to say, Caitlin, I felt like that as well because I did join a gym membership while reading this book. Well, I texted you guys. Here I am at Orange Theory, and I'm like, pretend this man is Cassian. Pretend this man is Cassian. He's I not. I was listening to the audiobook while on the treadmill, and it was not connected to the headphones, but I was still listening to it. So everybody <laughs> else was. Please tell me it was. It was not, but it was gearing up. That would have been oh my God. so great. It would have been so embarrassing. The poor, like, 60-year-old man next to me was just, like, staring at me, and I was, like, just, like, messing with the headphones. I was, like, why isn't it getting louder? Turning up the volume on my phone. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm dying. That's great. That's great. So, so much that I love about that. I also... I think I blocked out how much I hated Nesta. Like, I really hated her in the beginning of this book because she does – you see her iciness and then she thaws for every book. She In the beginning of Court of Thorns and Roses and Akatar, she's icy bitchy sister and then she thaws out sort of towards the end when um, – I guess in the next one when Feyre comes back and they, she teaches her how to use a bow and, like, there's a little bit of sisterly bonding there. And then, again, when she's thrown into the cauldron and she comes back, she sort of comes back to herself a little bit. And then it just goes off the rails. And I really hated to see, as a person with sisters and has girls that have sisters, I hated to see the sisterly rivalry happening so much. That being said, I don't even know if I still liked her after her redemption arc, but I absolutely cried. The whole bed, birth, mask, saving them. I love you, sister. I love you too. Let's go to our dad's grave. Just a weepy mess. The entire last, but 2% of the book. And I did it the same way I did it the first time I read it, which was like three o'clock in the morning, reading by myself, just like (gasps) weeping because it got me in my feels when they went to their dad's grave. Also, well, maybe we'll get to this later, but I just want to know your thoughts and feelings for later on your favorite Nesta Cassian sexy time scene, because there were some good ones in here, like some that are in the memory banks for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. I I definitely forgot a lot of them. And what? then when I was rereading it, I was like, holy shit, I do not remember it being this spicy. But one of my favorite quotes is, um, hold on to the headboard. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So good. And then I think Hilda, was it you? The other one said, like, ride me to oblivion. And I was like, oof. Yes. Yeah. Corny, but does the trick. I was like, trick. this was, I was like, this was cheesy as fuck, but man. But it's damn it, did I like hell. it. But it's hot as hell. I've come to the conclusion those are types of things that we can read and enjoy, but once they put it on TV, we'll cringe. cringe. All of us will cringe internally. Yep. If somebody said that to us in real life, I think I would die. Yes, but also witnessing it on television? Yeah, Secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. Want it super like that. Um, well, I think those are wrap up our initial thoughts and feelings, and I think it's time for a five-minute recap. So before we get into our five-minute recap, we just oh, want to okay. talk really quickly about A Court of Frost and Starlight, which is oh, the see, novella. Oh, I already forgot about this. <laughs> which is the novella between Akawar and Akaseth. Um, And the reason Caitlin probably forgot about it was because we all hated it so much. And maybe it's because we read like these three action-packed books, and then it's basically all about Farah painting and getting a studio. Okay, Um, I did not hate. I was disappointed. I was going into it believing that it was like a novella, which for her, for SJM, is 300 pages. I thought it was 300 pages of pure like smut. I thought her and Reese would be bam, bam, wham. Thank you, ma'am, for 300 pages. And it was not. It was not. Disappointing. It was fair of dealing with trauma by painting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there was just a couple notes because there is some stuff that happens in that book um, that does affect Akasef. Um, so like I said, Farah is dealing with her trauma painting. Reese is trying to be nice to Tamlin, um, who's basically turned into a wild animal now, and he's constantly in his beast form. Uh Farah and Reese decide to have a baby. Um and then what I think was the most like important parts were after Cassian and Nesta basically declare their love for each other on the battlefield. I mean, that's essentially what they did, short of actually saying the words. Yeah, um, absolutely. You would think they would have been together. Nope, they're not. Nesta's back to being cold, frigid bitch. And yeah. the book or the novella basically ends with Farah has to bribe her for Nesta to come to the Winter Solstice party. Um, Nesta's there. She's being miserable. She leaves. Cassian is following her and he's like, hey, I got you a present. She's like, I don't want it. And he ends up throwing it into the river because she's such a heinous bitch about it. She Um, really is. One point I just want to say there. mm -hmm. Because I noticed they mentioned it again in this book. And I don't know if it's just because like we're just reminding people that I threw her present in the Sidra. But I feel like it's going to come back and it's going to be meaningful. Because they mentioned how he tracked this thing down for her and then he threw it in the Sidra. Yeah, Yeah, it was was some like like, very rare book. From tiny first edition, like one of the first books ever written by the Fae. And it was supposed to be like really cute. And like, I'm like, oh, I would go dive into the Sidra and like try to look for the book. You know, it's ruined now. Paper and water don't mix. Uh, They live in a Fae world. I'm sure there's some magic bounding it. Right. Well, I mean, we'd think, but there's no Fae world cesarean sections either. So that annoys. <laughs> <laughs> that, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and then 
Bridge, I know there was a couple POVs that you want to talk about. Yes. So in this novella, there was actually two POVs by Morgan. And so the first chapter, it's actually before the party for Winter Solstice. They go to the Court of Nightmares and she runs into Eris, who's a guest there at the time. And we get the flashback of what happened the day that her family found out that she lost her virginity to Cass and then beat her and nailed, put like nails to her body and then dumped her into Autumn Court. And guess who finds her? Eris. So you can tell Moore is dealing with a lot of trauma between the two of them and seeing them in person down in the Court of Nightmares and knowing that they both have access to Valaris. And then in the next chapter, which is closer towards the end, Morgan is um, confessing that she has lied to her queen and that she has taken some time and she's gone to her hidden estate that nobody knows about. And as she is riding her horses through the estate, she comes across this darkness and she can't really tell what it is. She throws her magic out there to kind of identify if it's a threat or not. And it's a, a darkness that's just staring back at her. So I think that might come into play in her future books. Well, yes. I'm hearing this now again. It just made me think, is it Braxis maybe? That's what I thought initially, but she would be able to recognize if it was Braxis. And she, the way she described it, it was there was a darkness that was similar to Reese's, but it was just a being, an entity, and she couldn't really tell what it was. Also, while she's there, she's supposed to be deciding if she's going to be taking a job as Reese's ambassador slash spy in the continent. And she's like going between if she wants to stay there and deal with Eris and her dad or run off and be that spy and knowing that they would like believe that they ran her off. So she's going through a lot. Got it. Yeah, don't remember any of that because I hated this novella. No, all I remember is painting. There's a snowball fight. Ness is a bitch and Cassian throws her pret- Like Cassian like puts yeah. it out there and she just like takes it, stomps it, rips it in half, throws it away. Oh, you forgot the part where um, Reese and Farah has sex in the cabin again and he throws up against the wall and they break all the picture frames. Yeah, don't even I forgot remember you that. Didn't. <laughs> that was the only thing I remembered of this book. Um. Okay. So now we are ready for the five minute recap. Ready? I have notes that are numbered. We should fly by. Okay. Farah and Reese are sick of Nesta's bullshit. Um, they've given her a year to deal with her issues because she has issues. Um, but all she does is drink and fuck randos and gamble and waste their money. They're fucking over it. Um, they give her an ultimatum, train with Cassian and work with the priestesses in the library under the House of Wind. Or get dumped in the human lands and fend for herself. Which is not really enticing. Um, So she's not that done. And she decides to train with Cassian. Um, It's tough at first, but eventually she gets really good at it. She ends up making two friends. Gwyneth, who goes by Gwen, who's a priestess in the library. Um, And she was saved from the temple at Sangreva. That one time that Hybrid went to go raid it when they were looking for pieces of the cauldron. And it was Asriel and Moore that saved her. And then her other friend is Emery who's an Illyrian shopkeeper from Windhaven. Um, she had her wings clipped by her asshole father and she can't fly. And the three of them basically start training as the Valkyries, which was an elite female fighting unit in the war from 500 years ago, who basically um, were decimated in battle because they stepped up to fight when nobody else would. And they held the battle of some mountain pass that I can't remember the name. Um, there's a lot of sexual tension between Nesta and Cassian. And they act on it a lot. Thank God. A lot. Also, thank God. Because if there was that much tension and they only did it like once. No, there was a lot. I would have had not just emotional balls, but like actual problems. This tension was building from A Court of Wings and Ruin. It's been so good. 
it's really funny because I remember people saying they're like, Akasif is basically porn. And I'm like, you don't understand if you think that. Because kind of, yes, but it was the payout we needed. It's a pay- the payoff we needed. So anyways, um, Az was supposed to be like the chaperone and he didn't do a very good job. Still the funniest thing. The worst Absolutely. chaperone ever. Worst. He um, knew what he was doing. Absolutely. He hooked his brother up. Pharaoh's pregnant. Mazel tov. Except that she and Reese were being kinky when the baby was conceived. And so the baby has Illyrian wings and Farah's hyphae body apparently can't pass those wings through her birth canal. So basically, for the majority of the book, everyone's freaked out that Farah's going to die in childbirth. And because she and Reese have that bargain where they're not going to like live without each other, everyone thinks that they're all going to die. No, I don't even think we talked about the bargain in the last episode, but surprise! We did, because it seemed so inconsequential like to all away. the major things that, yeah a throwaway because so much was happening again so much was happening in the last book we're gonna get bargain. to this yes at the end so then Briallen, the queen um who the cauldron turned into the crone after nesta um took something from it and she totally hates nesta she teamed up with koshi koskai koshi 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 the death lord that is the brother to the bone carver um, that owns Vasa. Um, so they're looking for the Dread Trove, which is a set of three, maybe four. Holy uh, shit. Magical objects, a crown, a mask, a harp, and something that has like bone in it. Um, and basically, if the user has this Dread Trove, um, they're basically unstoppable. Um, Baron has also allied with Briallen. Um, so Eris continues to be their ally, although nobody really likes Eris because he comes off as such an asshole, but like we think that's a front. Anyways, remember this phrase, like calls to like. Um, and because Nesta has remember. that connection to the cauldron, um, they think that she's able to find the dread trove. She does some scrying and um she figures out that the mask is in the bog of Ored, um, which is in the middle, and then there's a whole thing with a Kelpie. And Eris's missing autumn court shoulders are there, and like it's a thing. And then we also realize that Brielle has the crown. Nesta and Cassian go to the prison to find the harp, uh, which is the other part of the Dread Trove, and they encounter Lanthus, which was this evil thing that Cassian put in the prison. And they find more mind control um, soldiers. What's happening? I have FOMO. <laughs> Sorry, it's just us realizing it's the. I thought it was the Dead Trove. Like I just the Dead Trove. I did not dread. You said it out loud and Bridget goes, holy shit. And I knew it instantly because I'm like, it's it's dread? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. think my brain processed that art at all. And I was listening to the audiobook, so I should have caught that. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> also, I've been waiting this entire time. I'm like, how are we saying this old queen's name? Briellen? Briellen? I say Briellen. Oh, that sounds, you know, a lot better than I was going to say it. I don't know what I was saying in my head, but it or wasn't that, but I automatically accept what you said yes Briar i did Maria. Briar. i Briar was definitely Rose. just calling her queen brie so Is it didn't try the rest of it i think i was doing Briolin. yeah so the real question here was how are you saying that death lord's name because koshi koskai it's definitely koshi. not koskai <laughs> costco what yeah i don't if somebody can i think it's let koshi. us know koshi okay which doesn't sound very death lordy I mean, so I thought it was Koshi as well, but the audiobook said it differently. Please hold. I'm going to go look this up now. 
Koshi, Koshi's after you. That doesn't sound scary. Not like the Weaver. I don't know if that sounds scary. It sounds like but you know, because his things. name, I read it as Koshi. When I play Mario Kart, you know how there's that little turtle that's on the Yoshi. Little, yeah. I picture him <laughs> as Koshi the entire time. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what a Stop. departure. What? <laughs> so... When we got to like, <laughs> when they're at the lake and they're talking about him being like, like death and gloom, I was still picturing Yoshi. This little turtle just boop, beep bopping along like, there you are, right. Lord of Bastards. Yes. These, these connections that you make are the best. Um, um, okay, so whenever they encounter Lanthus at the prison, um, because of like, you know, political intrigue and shit, uh, Eris asks Nesta. Um, asks for Nesta to marry him. She, he doesn't even ask her. Yeah, he, he asks Reese, and even though um she's fucking Cassian, she doesn't think she's good enough for Cash Cassian Cassian. Absolutely. Sorry. How are we saying um this man's name that we love? Um, and they get into a fight about it, but then they basically confess their feelings and they become mates without saying they're mates, which leads to problems later. Speaking of problems later. Um, don't forget the Illyrians are a bunch of machista assholes and Gwen, Nesta, and Amory are kidnapped after Nesta and Cassian get into a fight over the use of the word mate, uh, which is really random. And then they're dumped in the blood rite, which is basically how you become an Illyrian warrior. Um, so you have these three fey women, well, two fey and an Illyrian basically with a bunch of Illyrian men. So we come to find out that Briallen was controlling Emery's cousin Bellius, and there's basically a final stand close to the peak of Ramiel, which is the sacred mountain of the Illyrians, on the last night of the Blood Rite. And then Briallen shows up with Cassian that she kidnapped, and Cass makes it seem like he stabbed himself. And Nesta unleashes her power and basically turns Briallen to dust. And you would think we're done after that, but no. Pharaoh goes into labor two months early. And Nesta ends up using the Dread Trove to save her from death, change her anatomy, uh, Farah's anatomy and Nesta's and anatomy, so they can have Illyrian babies. Um, and then she saves all of them. And then at the end of the book, Nesta has learned to deal with her trauma and she is a pleasant person, maybe? She's we improved. She's improved. I'll take that. Look, I think it's one of those where I have respect for her. I still don't love her. Yes. Which is fine. You started from the bottom, now you're here. And I appreciate that growth. I do. That growth does not deserve a fine man like Cassian, but whatever. I mean, not going to fight you on that. Um, okay. So, our summary. Let's get started. Wait, so, do you guys want to hear how the audiobook says that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord's name. <laughs> okay, get ready. Or do it for her? Who could aid Briallen so she'd be bold enough to do such a thing? Look to Koshche. Koshche? <laughs> what? I know. Koshche? 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 Do it one more time. Bring it back. I gotta, I gotta hear this again. Just finish off the rest of the recording. Ready? As surely as one of Amran's jigsaw puzzles. The sorcerer who imprisoned you is named Koshche? Is he... Koshche? I'm speechless. Koshche. Koshche. Okay, so Kashi. Koshche. Yeah, well, it's Kashi. Like the cereal. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Koshche. Yes. Wow. Okay. Huh. Who would have thought? I'm not getting that. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
can't see me, but I had like my hands over my eye, like tr- really trying to listen to this pronunciation. If that yeah, is the pronunciation, Jay's- we should have gotten a pronunciation guide. Coach Jay's definitely not my green little turtle friend, so no, yeah. hard no. no. That is no Yoshi. Um. Okay, so we start off the book with Cassian going to get Nesta from her rundown apartment because she refuses to live with Vera and Reese. Um, as I previously mentioned, Nesta has been drinking and fucking and gambling and throwing her life away since the end of the war. Um, everyone thought it was kind of a phase that she was going through and she had to work through her trauma. Um, but it's been about a year. You um, said that so- in such an Irish way. It sounded like a, a, She's a country. Been drinking and gambling and fucking her way through. <laughs> I was like, this is a, this would be a great country song. <laughs> Me lucky well, tongue. her exes live in Villaris. If only you knew which one she slept with. I love it. Great. Jesus, Mary Francis Joseph. <laughs> and all the saints above. Okay, where was I? I forgot. Oh, it's been a year. She's out of control. It's not good. Um, so. Nesta's bitter and pissed at everyone, and she's also she's really full of self self loathing. Why can't I speak today? She ends up getting into a few huge fight with Amran over the summer, so like they're not speaking anymore. And then she's accusing Elaine of picking Farah when it's always been her and Elaine. It's just she's really not in a good place. So they give her the ultimatum: she's going to train with Cassian in Windhaven, which is I guess the main Illyrian camp. And then she's going to work in the library under the House of Wind with Clotho. Clotho? Um, Clotho, yeah. Clotho, okay. The head priestess. Um, And she's not allowed to drink anymore. And if she wants to go into town, she's going to need to take 10,000 steps down um, to get into the city, plus 10,000 steps up to get into the city. So basically, she's like, I don't want to say a prisoner, but she is sequestered also, at the House of Wind. a shit ton of steps. Like when you really think about it, like I think a thousand steps, I don't, I don't know that I'd make. I don't know that I'd make five hundred steps. I don't think I could make a hundred. Cassian yeah. was laughing at her when he was like, "How far did you go down?" She goes, "I made it to like hundred and something," and he laughs at her and says, "That's you must be super out of shape because that you're a fae. You should be able to do more than that." You guys, I was huffing. And puffing every single morning, I had to run up the three flights of stairs at her old job. Well, How also would the- I even believe? Okay, but those are really steep. <laughs> those are steep steps. Like, they're normal, not normal people. Yeah, normal people cannot walk up those stairs and hold a conversation and like reach the top and be like, "I'm great." Like eleven years, and I still huff and puff when I go up. It's not I normal. Was sweating <laughs> every oh morning. God. But I always yeah. wondered, like. 11 that's just going down like going up is the really hard part right going down is easy right it's supposed to be easy just throw yeah. myself down a couple hundred then like keep walking <laughs> i'm surprised <laughs> she didn't do down. that to be honest i highly expect lie down her. on your butt the last hundred you know right. yeah she i guess there's no banister enough. there's no banister no i'm definitely picturing like just straight like castle walls like when you're going down there's literally nothing for you to hold except Ooh. for the wall so i pictured more of like a lighthouse like a very Oh yeah, maybe. I'm not gonna lie though, her ass and thighs probably looked really good. That's why Cassie wanted a banger. So he's like, hold on to the timeboard. Yeah, duh. <laughs> he was bending it back over any way, place, anywhere he can get it over the mm-hmm. desk, over a dining table. <sighs> Again, if I could walk down fifty stairs, 
and back up 50 stairs. I'm sure my ass would be banging too. I see those girls who like go out to the stair master or whatever at the gym and they like do the TikTok and they're like, we're going to pretend we're going to try to do the amount of stairs that Nesta does. I'm like, oh, ma'am, you are not a high fae. You are just a mere mortal. You're not going to live this through. But I also want to know, like, did they make it? Like, where's the follow-up? I see attempts, but I just want to know. Maybe after, like, two years? A thousand stairs. Like, can you imagine? Like, a thousand. The last time I got on a Stairmaster, I'm pretty sure I could not do more than a minute. Yes. I did the same thing in college. Like, I distinctly remember, like, so easy. And I got up there, and I was like, Jesus, H. Christ. Like, get me off this. Yeah, I'm going to keep my ass on the elliptical. Mm -hmm. Where it's safe. Or the bike. (laughs) Or the bike. Or just at home, on the couch, reading. Even safer. No harm there. Ah, just Um, mental harm. That's all. (laughs) My heart hurts. That's all. It's fine. Um, Okay, so side note, no one knows what Nesta's power is anymore um, because she refuses to, like, work with anyone, which is kind of the reason for her fight with Amran. And also, since the cauldron was, like, kind of destroyed, people think that maybe her power was destroyed. But then Cassian also remembers what the bone carver whispered to him when he was in the prison, which was basically like, what is this thing that you have awakened, Lord of Bastards, or whatever. So anyways, every now and then, when Nesta's super pissed, she gets like these creepy silver flames in her eyes, and everybody freaks out, because then her flames are like cold, it's not like regular fire. But again, no one knows what she is. Another note about the priestesses in the library is that they're all there because they're all suffering some type of trauma. They are not like Ianthi. These are like legitimate good women that pray to the mother and like really believe in that and again they all have some type of trauma and they're all kind of just there working through it so like clotho the high priestess was assaulted by a group of men um they cut out her tongue they broke her hands and so the way that she communicates is via like an enchanted pen and paper you know who Um, i pictured clotho as um do you remember she was in um sex in the city as the nanny magda and then she was also in magda yeah she was also in the hunger games there we go i couldn't think of it mags yes she can only do you know she passed seven. away. She did? Yeah, she passed away. She was a, like a famous character actress. Yeah, she that's who I picked ago. to play Clotho. Oh, this is sad. See, I thought she was a lot younger, and I definitely pictured her as um, I think she Amanda is. Sign something, Safe like the Mamma Mia girl. Uh, yeah, I think she when is When she has beautiful. her like super curly hair, like that's who I pictured her as. You know, I never really pictured her face because she's always wearing her hood. I don't know why I just I, they do picture her being like what they assume she'd be pretty and I just I mean I'm like you're Magda you have this energy of like this motherly justice for Clotho yes. absolutely absolutely um so while working at the library Nesta meets Gwen um on her first day Gwen works for Meryl who's basically a really intense type A scholar who does a bunch of research in the library Side note, Cass is getting promoted, I guess, in a way. So he's always been Reese's general, but Reese wants him to become a courtier and be more involved in court politics, which Cass is kind of like, I'm not good at playing games, but more is off on the continent trying to get the other lands to sign the treaty that they wrote up after the war. And it's just, there's a lot of like, you would think there's a lot of peace after the war, but not really. There's some stuff that's still in disarray. So Nesta is constantly thinking about what Cassian told her on the battlefield, uh, but she likes to pretend that she's immune to him and that he is beneath her. And but also, why? 
She's an idiot. Well, because according, I guess, according to the story, she doesn't think that she deserves him. So she's constantly pushing him away, which is kind of immature. But again, she has shit to work through. And, you know, when they start training, she tells him, you know, don't think that this is going to turn into excuse for you to climb into my bed. And he's like, no, you're going to crawl into my bed. Which is like, it's going to be good. But, you know, she's so strong-willed and spiteful. She's going to be like, nope, that's never going to happen. And she's so determined to make those things not happen because she wants it so badly. She She wants it so badly and she wants to deny herself. Yeah. Because she doesn't think she deserves it. stubborn. And she will punish herself. I get where Nesta's coming from. Like, you do get a good POV from her in this entire series or this entire book. I get it. But also, I'm like, lighten up. It It was frustrating. Very frustrating. It was very frustrating because she is very unlikable and she does a lot of things that are really unlikable. And I'm not convinced that we're supposed to like her, mm-hmm. but at least we're supposed to respect her and like respect her journey. Yeah. I think I that's where that. I'm at with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and I guess it's fine. You don't have to like everybody. So Nesta's training with Cassian the first few days. It's not really happening because she refuses to actually train with him in Windhaven. And reminder, the Illyrian men are stupid and they say stupid things like, oh, is she on her cycle? Because she is. We can't touch the weapons or she can't touch the weapons and we have to like disinfect them or whatever. They're stupid, stupid, simple minded backwards. They're stupid backwards men. But what Um, also drove me nuts about that is like the miscommunication trope where she's like, I'm not training in that place. And she just like stubbornly sits on a rock the entire time. And then he finally figures out like, oh, it's not that she doesn't want to train. She doesn't want to train there. And I'm like, ugh. In front of all of these people that are going to like make fun of her. Because she's too stubborn. It's a personality trait. We just had to learn to live with. We had to learn. Yep. So eventually during one of those times that she doesn't want to train, she goes into one of the shops um, because it's really cold in Windhaven, because Windhaven makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up meeting Emery, the shop owner, who's really kind to her. And she ends up defending Emery from her cousin, Bellius, who's an asshole. Because, again, Illyrian men can be assholes unless your name is Resand, Asriel, or Cassian. Um, I'm sorry. Asriel's also an asshole. I know, but Mister asshole that you're like, hello. Mr. Regift that gifts. See, I don't find that his most unforgivable offense. Yeah, that's just him being a fuckboy. Really like, he's like, asshole. I see an opportunity, I'm going to shoot my shot. Right. Um, just because you have the base wingspan does not give you the right to just shoot your shot into any cum shot. I, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> you know, every now and then, <laughs> when you're drinking... You say these you say these gems. That was one of them. <laughs> it took me a minute to process. I'm like, no, she did it. She, she did. did. She say. did. I was waiting, watching both you guys to process what I said. Oh, I processed. Kate literally went. She was looking and she goes, she looks to the side and she goes, wait, hold on. You saw my wheels turning. Oh, yeah. Lord, that it. was great. I'm sorry. Love a full glass of wine, Bridget, which is gone, You're by welcome. the way. <laughs> For everyone wondering. I feel like that needs to be a sticker. Um, <laughs> so, by the way, uh, just because you can shoot your shot doesn't mean, what is it, not every shot needs to be a cum shot? You know, is that the- we're just going to have to replay it back when we're editing because, you know, once you say a golden line, yeah. it just goes just straight out of my head. 
So fun fact, during all of this, Nesta's kind of making friends with the House of Wind because the house is sentient and they both have a shared love for filthy erotic romance novels. I love how the house motherhent her because yes. it was exactly what she needed. I just really like their friendship. I really love this house. I It's so hard to explain. Like, I would love to live this house with her. Yeah. Like, I need that type of friendship. Like, I need my house to be telling me what I need. Give me yeah. food. You tell give me, me medicine. Draw me a bath. Read smutty books with me. Be my friend. I, I need, need the that. house to be like, no, today you're going to go socialize. And so I'm locking the library. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of, but also like, be compassionate poop. and say, like, you had a hard day. Here's a warm bath with a bunch of soothing oils and a big piece of chocolate cake. It's the chocolate cake that got me. Yeah. <laughs> So we the, love house the house is up there with me with cereal. Like, <laughs> you guys are my best friends. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Cassie and Nessa get into a huge fight because that's their favorite form of foreplay until they get to the actual foreplay. Um, and Nesta, again, as Caitlin said, she tells them, I'm not going to train in that miserable village, miserable village. And Cass is like, ding, ding, ding. Let's get her to train away from people. And they make a bargain. Um, and the bargain... Uh, when you make a bargain, remember you get tattoos, and so they get teeth. Uh, Cassian gets a tattoo down his back, which is an eight-pointed star. I don't want to get into that, but I just want to leave that little nugget of mm-hmm. information there. While um, you leave that nugget, if information you know, there. if you know, you know, if you know, you know, if you know, you know, because I, I obviously do not know. But what I never you, understood is you could if, know, you could know. I will know. <laughs> Give me a break, woman. Um. So Farah, when she was training, she trained. In the training ring outside of the, what, the House of Wind? Mm-hmm. Why would Reese and Cassian even consider taking Nesta, who's, who was basically, you know, mortal for all of her life, to Windhaven? The math was not mathing with that one. Why take her out of that area and transport her, use resources to winnow her over to Windhaven when they had a perfectly fine training ring that everybody within their little circle uses? See, I'm going to go with resources. Like, they had the space, but did they have the I feel like maybe they were trying to get Cassian to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Since he had to go make peace or, like, settle down the Illyrians. And if he went to Windhaven constantly, he would be able to do that. I I guess uh, maybe he was trying to inspire the females that were trying to train and be like, look, I'm going to train her. You guys can come train with her. Basically what they ended up doing, just not in Winhaven. Yeah. And also they needed a plot point. I was about to say this is just basically conflict for them. Yeah. So they start training and it's hard, especially because Nesta is exhausted after just basics. But again, she's Faye, so um, she picks it up pretty quickly. She and Gwen end up becoming friends when... Nesta basically saved her ass from getting chewed out by Meryl. And that's when they find out that Meryl is uh, researching the Valkyries. And we find out about the Valkyries. Throughout the book, Cassian and Nesta have dinner a lot. And he tells her stories about like the creatures that he put in the prison, like Lanthus and Blue Anis, which I don't know what they did. But Lanthus basically is a death god that is basically like mist and he trapped it with an ash mirror and i don't know what blue anise does but it's one of the reasons that cassian has a nasty scar and he also tells nesta about how he reads an as 
um, completed the blood rite as Illyrians and they reached the highest level of Illyrian-ness, I guess. But it's a lot, but, you know, he's basically giving her a bunch of backstory. Nesta realizes that the training is helping her, so, you know, she is open to new ideas. And she asks Clotho, Clotho, I always say Clotho, I guess it is Clotho. It just um, reminds me, like, it sounds like you're saying Toto from um, Cheetah the Girls. Wizard of Oz. Yes, well, those that are Oz, but, like, I, I think about it. Cheetah Girls, when the puppy falls down into the drain, and they're all screaming for Toto, and then they start singing their song, Cheetah Girls, Cheetalicious. I've never seen the Cheetah Girls. What the fuck, Hilda? <laughs> I'm old, Bridget. Sorry, I'm just I'm old. <laughs> A Cheetah Girls that reference. Movie is older Disney, ma'am. Yes, but no, I've also never seen it. So, uh, what? I know yeah, of I, the Cheetah Girls. I just never watched that I one. I know of them. I've never seen them. You've seen High School Musical, Caitlin. How have you not seen Cheetah Girls? It was the fourth time. I haven't actually seen High School Musical and know of High School Musical and all the songs. On a side note, I did get – we had some friends over and I'm like, guys, you want to watch this good movie? I put on Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. <laughs> and they were all – Supernova, girl, girl, girl. Well, girl. you know what? They, uh, they lasted a good thirty-five minutes, oh, and okay. it was a little too long before Supernova. Because you forget she gets sent back to Earth. There's that whole plot line before uh, what's his name comes. Um, you guys think Supernova girl? Protonoa. Protozoa. Protozoa. I live for that movie. I watch it at Jesus least. Lapidus. Oh, every single time. It's so good. I watch it like every two to three years. I love that. When I got Disney Plus, it was bad. Like, I binged all of those Disney Com movies. Yeah, I didn't watch any of this. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. We live and we learn. We'll get her on there. Bet you she has never watched Hocus Pocus. I haven't. I I told you guys that. Yeah, I know. I remember. It hurts every time I hear it. It's just reminding everyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is weird because it's a witchy movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So Nesta realizes that the training is helping her, and she asks Clotho, I'm having major, like, verbal malfunctions today you're not even the one um, she's drinking i know so she asked clotho if the priestesses if she'll allow the priestesses to train with her clotho says yes but she's like hey maybe the priestesses aren't ready to join you since again they like to be secluded and sequestered here in the library because they've been hurt by people and they feel safe um exactly but gwen eventually shows up to join the training and nesta essentially bribes Emery via Cassian and so the three of them start training so finally finally after all the sexual tension has been building up Nesta and Cassian hook up uh they were arguing reminder like I said it's their favorite form of foreplay and she kisses him because she doesn't like want him to win an argument and then there's spicy over the clothes action it was very tame but very hot very hot um and then she gets him off but he doesn't get her off this is important um, and then she, of course, insults him. And she's like, oh, someone's quick off the mark. She's anyways, such a bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> such a bitch. Such a bitch. So the next day after the hookup, uh, Cassian and Nesta are called to the river house because now uh, Reese and Feyre have a beautiful house on the river. And as all this time has been spying on Briallen, and he learns that uh, Kashi, because I am refuse to say the other pronunciation Co- of Coastline? the name. The correct what was it? It was Kolkachi. Kos? I feel like there's... Chi? I thought it was Kos- Koskai. Anyway, we're... Koski? Koski. There's... Koske? Koshi. Like the, like the cereal. Koshi. 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 Uh, whatever. They find out that he has her looking for the dread trove, um, and they come to the conclusion, again, because like calls to like, 
that Nesta can scry and find it. But of course, she's scared of, out of her mind to actually try scrying again because they remember the last time she scried, the cauldron saw her. She saw the cauldron. Elaine got kidnapped. It was not good. I just um, like that Nesta's like this, find my phone. Everyone's like, we need you to find this. And she's like, hold on, on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is she, the little Apple watch? <laughs> she like, is. Right. Like, yep. Yo, ping the cauldron, please. Basically. Everyone's like, let's, I need you to find this for me. <laughs> So funny. Um, That's good notification. Um, anyways, very important to note that Cass eventually returns the favor to Nesta. And he's like, hey, I've never not had someone get off. So I need to make sure you get off. Um, and she, I mean, would you complain? No. Nope. I wouldn't say no. So anyways, Nesta doesn't want to scry. Um, but then she's inspired by the priestesses who start showing up uh, to train. And she's like, well, if they can do hard things, I can do hard things. Isn't that a book by an annoying person? I don't know. So I tell my children, I'm like, you can do hard things. You sound no, like was, a bluey mom. Yeah, it's right. generally like put your towel in the hamper. You can do hard things. <laughs> so funny. Anyways, she tries to scry the first time and uh, it's terrible. Um, she actually tries to do it by herself, which probably not the smartest thing that she could do. Um, and she ends up having a nightmare about the cauldron is coming and it's this really crazy scene. Like, Reese comes from the river house. Cass senses there's like evil. He ends up staying the night with her, and we see a manifestation of Nesta's power, which again, nobody knows what it is, except that it's cold fire. Right. And I still feel, and I know towards the end of this book, her power, if she's at 100% power, it's greatly diminished at the end of this book because of what mm -hmm. she has to do to save Feyre and all of that, the deal she makes. But I still feel like there's so much more meat left on that bone that it has to be intentional that we don't know what the power is. Absolutely. Or what she can do or why it's evil and terrifying. And I just want to know. I think it's part of the overall mystery of what exactly the cauldron is. What exactly is the mother and how she plays a part in the cauldron. And what exactly Nesta took from the cauldron. Basically, what is going on in the series? We don't know. <laughs> We don't know because she refuses to finish the book series. She refuses to tell us what's going on. I know um, what she's doing. She's building all these other series and then she's going to map it all back together and we're going to go, ah, oh, shit. I mean, I'm hooked. She's doing something right. Well, obviously, she's <laughs> a like, writer. She has a good hook. So anyways, Nesta ends up scrying. Uh, her power manifests super awkwardly. Cass has to like bring her out of it. So he ends up like making out with her in front of everyone. So everyone mad. Right? Not mad. I mean, I'm not mad about it, but everyone basically figures out that they're having sex and, or not having sex yet, but no, they're doing stuff. I feel like they're they doing can stuff. smell it already. Everybody, yeah. yes, other than the fact that they can smell the scents on each they're other. Also terrifying. Yeah. So terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You smell so nothing. Terrifying. I smell that mail on you. Oh God, cringe. Um, what was I you saying? I mean, like they're walking by Nesta and they're like, "Is that Bobby? You did Bobby? You know what I mean?" <laughs> How embarrassing. Can you imagine? Right? Can you imagine? Because Nesta was like going through man I know. after man. Her and body then, like high. when Cassian shows up and he's like, and he's in her master bedroom and her like rundown apartment. He goes, I, I smell multiple males in here. Ew. Gross. Ew. Like, do you at least change the sheets? Ew. You know, she's not washing um, anything. So that moment, of course, we're real big fan of Cassian because once again, he's stepping up regardless of how much of a bitch she is. And he's there for her. The entire time like he was there the other time that she was crying and he held her hand to anchor her he's the fucking best 
So anyways, when she's crying, they figured out that the mask is in the Bog of Ored, which is in the middle. And the middle is obviously where the mountain is. So it's like under the mountain. The Weaver's Cottage is in the middle. Apparently, the middle is where like all this old the magic converges. The middle is like the Bermuda Triangle of, of weird. Yeah. Um. So anyways, they go there and... While they're flying through, uh, Az gets an ash arrow through his wings, and they figure out that all of these missing Autumn Court soldiers uh, that Eris lost are there. So Cass dumps Nesta in a tree, and he's like, stay here, because the middle is dangerous, and he goes to go save Azriel. Um, But of course, Nesta, what does she do? She freaks out. Because they're all, they're gone for like 30 minutes. But remember, she loves Cassian, even though she wouldn't admit it. And she's worried that he's going to die because there's a bunch of Autumn Court soldiers. And like, Azrael's already super injured and they're in the middle and it's really scary. And so she decides to come down from the tree and she's going to walk through the really creepy water. And then a Kelpie shows up. So I don't remember Kelpies being this creepy and weird, but apparently Kelpies are terrifying. I was definitely picturing... um. You know, I've seen in Harry Potter in the fourth movie where they're doing the trials yes. and the mer people. And, um, uh-huh. Floor, floor, Fleur, Fleur. <laughs> yes, Fleur goes down when she goes down, and they're all underneath the water, and he like turns into like a shark, no, a fish man or something. Shark boy. Those mer people definitely Kelpie vibes, but also okay. like with the stringy gray hair of like Gollum. Oh. That's what I pictured. Yes. Like a golem so with webs. Feet. So apparently back in the day, they used to sacrifice things to the Kelpies. So the Kelpies wouldn't hunt children. And apparently the Kelpies are terrifying and there aren't that many left. And so this one decides to like grab Nesta and actually tells her really like creepy and perverted yeah. things um, in another language. And that it, she understands that she no, understands. No, no, she doesn't understand. Reese has to translate it for her. Oh, wow. Missed that part of the book. I thought so she anyways, understood it. I mean, she kind of picks up on the vibe because she's getting assaulted, but, you know, doesn't quite know what she's being told. So anyways, it's dragging her through the water. It kisses her a couple of times to give her oxygen, which is Gross. disgusting. And while she's in the water, she's, like, trying to, like, reach her power. But then instead of reaching her power, she finds the mask. And so she's able to put on the mask and then the mask allows her to raise the dead. And so all of like the dead soldiers that are in the water, because apparently the swamp or the bog is a burial ground for like Fae, they rise up and they kill the Kelpie or they attack the Kelpie. And then she's able to grab a sword and like behead the Kelpie. I don't know. She I has just a pictured like, and I feel like it's in a movie and I can't think of what it is. We're like all these ancient old like skeletons with ornate armor. I know she talks about that too. But mm-hmm. it's just, I, again, I feel like there's more meat on that bone. Something's weird about the Bogborid that had these sacrifices. And we're going to come back to that and maybe a deeper understanding in in the next book. Maybe. I maybe. felt like it was a scene out of um, Pirates of Caribbean where they're like that's hunting for treasure. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. Where and the just, skeletons yes. come alive and all that. And they're like fighting it off with swords. So anyways... Cass and Az deal with the Autumn Court soldiers. They keep two of them alive, um, but then they go looking for Nesta. Cassian, of course, is freaking out because they can't find her. And then all of a sudden, she like rises up from the water with the Kelpie's head in her hands. And she literally looks like death. And the way that SJM writes it, she's like, so Az and Cass did what 
their people have always done before death and so like they bowed before it i loved i loved that scene and i cannot wait for the show because i really hope they capture like the visual impact of what you read and capture it correctly where you kind of see this like blazing confident queen rising up with the water holding a hair of this disgusting kelpie head and i just picture like her hair kind of like flowing around her i don't Mm -hmm. know why Gold and silver light yeah. and just and everyone's like, oh shit! Like, wh- what else would you do but bow? And so she's able to take off the mask, and then she like passes out. So they end up taking her to Reese's Moonstone Palace over the Kiuna city, and they torture the Autumn Court soldiers. But then they realize that they're under some control, and they have Helian come over. Um, and it's really funny because Helian tries to impress Nesta, but Nesta's like, oh, cool, dude, whatever. They call Helian one so he can help them try to figure out if the Autumn Court soldiers are under a spell. And two, put a bunch of like protective spells and wards over the Dread Trove or over the mask so that nobody can access it. And, and uh, Helion is supposed to be this master. He's spell cleaver. Spell cleaver. So he can make these master spells. He can break them. And so having him set the wards is like getting the cream of the crop to do your spell casting for you. So it's very, uh, it's very funny when he sets this whole trap and he's like, "All right, spells have been cast. You're good to go." And then like thirty seconds later, you know, Nessa just strolls in. Like what? Like it's hard. Yeah. She like walks into the room and she's like, "Oh, you had done something." Yeah, I just because it was just asking the me. The door come just see opened it. for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, so funny because everyone's like, "What?" They're like, "Oh shit, this is problematic." Um. So, anyways, Nesta goes back and she stays in the Moonstone Palace because Vera thinks it's a good idea, and she's there taking a bath. And then all of a sudden, Cass shows up with a tray of food, and he's like, "Oh, I figured you would be hungry." And she's like, oh, he knows that I wouldn't want to be around people. I'd rather be by myself. And so then she decides, I'm going to seduce him. And he's like, okay. And then she's like, but it's just sex. I.e., you better get your ass out of here after we're done. Where she have we that, heard the song before? Reese she and says Sarah. that. She says that even though she doesn't mean it. So she anyways, doesn't mean it. That's what's so infuriating. I mean, like, it makes her a great read and great tension, but, like, just... It's pers- annoying. It's annoying. Um, But it is a hot scene. It is some hot, sexy time. It's good. Highly recommend. Did we skip over the bathroom, or the bathroom, the dining room BJ? Because that was a good one, too. Oh, we did skip over the dining room BJ. Yeah, it's Caitlin's favorite part. <laughs> Honestly, probably I'm so my favorite. Sorry. I am so sorry. There was a dining room BJ way before this, because... Cassian had gone and he kind of had a confrontation with Eris and Eris likes to make Cassian feel like shit because he's a bastard and not the son of a high lord. He was kind of feeling down about himself and then Nesta was basically like, I'm going to make you feel better. And with my mouth. She felt guilty because she knew she had also done the same exact thing to him mm-hmm. and like talked mm-hmm. down to him because he was like a bastard son. So then she sucked his dick. Made everything better, I guess. <laughs> I mean, okay. I just love how she's like, that won't do. I need you unleashed. Stop right. holding back. And then Az um, just like comes in 30 seconds later as they're about to like fully do it. And he's like, uh, he I'm He makes sorry. noise on purpose. Yeah. Makes I'm just trying purpose. to eat my breakfast here. That's the best part. Because you know Az knows what's going on. He's the chaperone. And he decides to casually just show up after they get started. But before they get to the heavy stuff. Yeah. I like that Cassian's like, what the fuck, bro? Why'd you interrupt? And Az is like, uh, I eat at this table. 
maybe it's not the place where you should be hooking up. Also, what do you guys think the house does while they're all they're hooking up in every corner of this house? I think like, you think she's just like the cool mom from like Mean Girls is like, you need condoms? I think she's like, I'm just going to be busy over here. I'm just going to go like, read also my book. sort of listening. Yeah. Maybe reads the book. That she's got to know. I like how we just assume the house is a she, but like she's got to know, like, is this a chocolate night? Like kind of night, yeah. or is it like a? Where do I need to help you here? Yeah, <laughs> don't feel like the house is a voyeur. The house does not invade personal space. It respects not a creep. I'm telling you, the house is like a true house mom, and like a sorority house. Like, mm-hmm. you need anything? I got you. I'm a cool mom. My no, house mom is not mom. like that. I don't know. I've never been in a sorority house. I just fucking assume. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up there. For today. We're gonna leave it there for right now because again, we are we're chatty Cathy's and we got lots of thoughts on this book. And we can't have this being like a two and a half hour episode because that's just bonkers. Because it would be. Easily. Easily. So any other last thoughts on this book? Is there anything we left out that we want to talk up until this point we want to talk about more? I'm trying to like recap in my head what we talked about. That's it. That's all she wrote, guys. We are. Bye. <laughs> we're signing off <laughs> with our first half of the recap of the Silver Flames. Um, so episode two will be out with the second half and that will be our conclusion, um, of this book. And then just for reading ahead purposes, we know you guys have been asking for it. We've been talking about it for goodness how long. We've been harassing Bridget about it for well over a year. Yep. So we're finally getting into Crescent City. So Crescent City 1, Crescent City 2, those will be the next two books we read. And then we got a few a few from the request line coming in, I think that you guys have DM'd us that you want us to cover. I know Crescent City was one of them, so <laughs> check, check. And uh, some different ones that we'll be reading as we wait to see what else comes out and is released um, this year. But of course, if there's something else you guys are like, listen, you got to get on. Um, was it Cassandra Broad something? Is it Carissa Broadbent? Yes. I don't know why I want to make her name Cassandra. But yes also on the list so please know we are getting to that eventually um but of course if you have recommendations things we need to get on please hop into our dms at booktalkmimi underscore pod again you know we love chatting with you we love chatting here we love chatting anywhere so you know where to find us and we'll catch you next time guys bye bye, bye.